people think that they're sharing good content, but what, what happens when you share the content? When you share it and you don't get that kind of a response, it might mean that your content isn't as good as you think because when the people show up that have really amazing content, it's really deep, it's different, it's unique, they have a clear and compelling idea to share, those people stand out and people flock to them. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am live on the line today with one of our returning guests from the past. This is Matt Johnson, the founder of Microfamous. Matt Johnson, are you there? I am. What's up, Richard? Awesome. So glad to have you here. Um, and for those of you who are, have been following along with our journey, we are still stuck in paradise in Florida during the uh, COVID lockdowns. I know Matt is stuck in uh, Southern California out there enjoying your shelter in place orders. Um, and what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today um, is because we've already sort of gone through your story on the hero show um, is to talk a little bit uh, more on the tactical side about what it is you do and sort of how you see the trajectory changing, hopefully in a positive light with everything that's sort of gone on and how um, podcasting and the, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of becoming micro famous, which is what your brand is all about, um, how that's going to be impacted in the future and sort of what's going on. So sort of, you know, give me an overview. What do you think's happening? And, um, you know, from a business perspective, and how do you think this is going to positively infect, not infect, well, that's a weird slip <laughs> An up. Unfortunate affect. choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate choice of words. We're going to affect businesses positively, um, okay. you know, going forward. Well, there's to me, um, before we get into like the podcasting side of it, I, I, there, there's a big trend towards freelancing and working from home that I think was massively, massively accelerated by this whole thing. I was talking to my, my head writer who's based in Johannesburg, South Africa, and they are probably a couple of decades, it seems like, behind the states in terms of their approach to working remotely or freelancing, right? She's been freelancing. She's been with me for four years or so. Her family still thinks she's insane and is just now through this crisis coming around to realize, oh, wait a minute, your career was actually more stable than all of us that showed to work up for BP and, you know, Coke and, and showed up to offices in South Africa. So, so I see this happening on like a global scale. I think we're going to have millions of people that have now awakened to the idea that a work from home, remote freelancing type of lifestyle can actually be way more secure than showing up and working at an office for, for a, a typical company. And to me, that's a very good thing, right? Because that's going to like if, if, yeah. you're, if you're in the space like you and I, Richard, are both in the same space where we work with people who teach other entrepreneurs typically how to grow their business, whether that's a real estate entrepreneur, whether it's um, 
you know, someone in the healthcare space, whether they're an agency owner or whatever. And when that market gets flooded by millions of new people that want to get into that market to do that, that, you know, to use their skills, that creates even more demand for coaching, consulting, speaking, writing, training, right? So to me, that all filters down into what we're going to talk about with podcasting, but I see it as part of the larger trend towards freelancing and remote work, which I think is just a good thing for humanity. More small businesses, more decentralized, less power in, you know, in, in the hands of the few, right? More power in the hands of the individual, all good things. So I, I love that part of the trend. And that's the, to yeah, me, that's, I, you know, the, the positive. I think part of, part of it too is like, there's just going to be, there's a baseline set of skills that most people didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. a couple months ago, but now they've been forced to have. Right? Exactly. Learning how to use things like Zoom and other online communication tools and how to work from home if they need to. And I think you're going to see a lot of benefits, even in corporate places where it's like, hey, maybe we don't have to have everyone coming here to the office. Maybe we can have a more dispersed workforce. Right. And that's probably going to do uh, have a lot of positive impacts, like reduce the amount of pollution and traffic and other things. I think we're going to see a lot of positive impacts just from that one thing alone, um, which is cool. It does. I, although I think there's going to be there, there is a flip side to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Here's one, here's one potential flip side, which is when you start working from home and we've been in this environment for years. So we get this, like, what do we get paid for? We get paid for deliverables that create results, right? So the, the ultimate goal is results. Mm -hmm. The thing, the milestone along the way to results is the deliverables. Most people outside of remote working and consulting and things like that live in a completely different world where they are paid for yeah, time. They live in a time for dollars. Time for dollars. And so they're completely disconnected of the, from the world of being paid by deliverables and results. And unfortunately, for some of them, they're getting a rude awakening in that right now. Now, the, they're, you know, the, the positive side of that is the people that learn quickly, okay, it's deliverables and results. They're going to succeed. The people that can't make that adjustment are going to struggle. But if you, can, if you can get into that mindset as quickly as possible, uh, and this, this applies even if you're a coach or a consultant, like you're paid for deliverables and results. Can you get people results? That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's one of the most interesting things. I actually just had an experience recently. Um, you know, uh, I, I lost a couple of clients due to the COVID crisis. I know you've had some similar things happen, um, but I had more opportunities come just because of what I do. And a lot of people are looking at, at this going like, hey, I need um, some stuff happened. And one of the things that, uh, like I had a client come to me or potential client, their client now, but they came to me a couple of weeks ago and they were like, Hey, I've got this problem. Can you help me solve it? Um, and you were recommended to me by a friend or whatever. And, you know, I spent 10 minutes on the phone with them. I was like, yeah, I can help you solve that. And then I, I solved it for him. Um, I, it was like a 10 minute kind of thing. And they were like, they were like, Holy crap. Like, I can't believe you solved that problem for me. And they're like, what do I owe you? And I said, Hey, first one's free. Come back to me when you have any other help. Like when you need something, like when you need to get something delivered. Right. And it was like, for me, it was like a 10 minute thing, but to them, it was like something they've been struggling with for six, six months. Um, and solved before I moved on. And, you know, a month later that turned into a brand new retainer client because they were like, you obviously know how to deliver results. <laughs> right. And, and it's like one, when you, uh, when you work from that perspective of like, Hey, I know how to deliver results. Um, people are willing to pay for that, um, significantly more than, uh, than time for dollars. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that, that larger trend. And I think it filters down into practical things like podcasting, um, which I think is going to be, uh, it's going to continue to grow, you know, whether we see a massive explosion, I don't know. There was definitely an initial period where podcast downloads kind of took a dip where during, during the, 
the initial freakout period. Uh, but then after that first yeah. two to three week period, like I'm seeing across the board, all of our all of our client stats go back up, and then uh, some that are outpacing their their entire history of their show right now over the last couple of weeks. So it's been interesting once people settled in and realized, okay, this is part of like at least I know what's going to happen for the next month or so. So it's like every, everybody in out in entrepreneur land said, okay, well, we're not dying, right? Like I kind of know what the rules are for the next month. Uh, so now let's get back to growing my business. And of course, podcast episodes um, and, and downloads start to go back up. But the long-term trend is I think people are, are, are now being stuck at home. They're looking for more online content and they're going to start finding people they're going further down the rabbit hole. They're finding influencers and leaders that they didn't know existed because they're exhausting the other content they would normally consume. You know, if they spent two hours a week listening to podcasts, now they've got yeah. four. And so they're finding new people, you know? So, um, so getting out there and being known for something and being micro famous counts even more because people are out there looking for solutions. Like people still want to grow their business. They still want to move forward, especially the ambitious people that are the most likely to yeah. have the money to pay you. They're not, they're not, taking their foot off the gas at all. Um, I mean, even, even one of my clients, yeah. um, so I've got a client in the aerospace industry and he said, look, we're completely screwed. The entire industry basically is shut down. 4,500 airplanes are sitting on the ground. A lot of those might never come back in service again. So I said, well, what are you, you know, like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I, I want to put the pedal to the metal. Like, let's, I want to make some, you know, let's, let's refresh some things about the podcast. Let's change up some things. You know, uh, I'm excited to keep on doing the show. He said, this is my chance to take market share and and take a piece of the of the mind of my industry and like those yeah, are the people and it's, that it's, you want. it's interesting too right because like my show the hero show the one we're doing this this interview for like one of the reasons i'm doing this interview now um i mean uh, we would have you back on either way but we doubled our output for we went from being a weekly show to a bi-weekly show during the uh, crisis just because we're like we know people are going to be around to listen um and you know we we were eight or nine weeks ahead on our recordings. And we're like, let's just, let's just put the pedal to the metal, right? Let's, let's get more content out, get more interviews on. And I've, I booked another, I don't know, 10 or 15 interviews and we're, we're just going to go pedal to the metal while we can, right? While, cause it's, it's a benefit to our audience to get more content out. Um, because you know, what we do is we tell good positive stories and more people need more positive stories right now. Um, so we're doing a lot more of that. Um, and you know, that's just, that's just our little space. But to, to your point, now's a good time to start looking at market share because while a lot of other people are scared, right? What is it? Warren Buffett who says buy when there's blood in the streets. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and there's be, metaphorically it's better to be, uh, so when, when people are afraid, I'm greedy. And when people mm -hmm. are greedy, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So like now's a good time to be greedy. And if, if mm -hmm. greedy for our show means produce more episodes and get more listeners, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. So Love it. that's a, a good call. So my, my next question for you is how do you see, um, how do you see just the, the trend of like, uh, ex before we get into the trend, explain what you mean by micro famous, just a little, you know, refresher for people. What does that mean? And how does that sort of tie into what you talk about with podcasting? Okay. So micro famous to me means being famously influential to the right people and the right people for, for most of the folks in my world that are in the coaching consulting kind of thought leadership world, the right people are their ideal clients and the people who could and should be ideal clients if they're exposed to the right content over time, right? So that's different for mm -hmm. everyone. It could, be a, it could be an industry niche. It could be a really small slice of a valuable market. 
um, you could be selling to um, you know high-level executives at aerospace and aviation companies. Like it's it's different for everybody, but the the level of influence that I think you want is the same, right? We don't all need to be Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk famous. You know, we don't all. We yeah, don't yeah. All I think we talked about that on our last episode. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't want to sign autographs at the grocery store, but I do want to sign autographs when I go to an industry event that's full of the right people for me. Um, a good a good example is if you think about your Facebook friends list, you know, you're capped at 5,000, right? If you had 5,000 of the right people who were good prospects for you, would you need to be famous to anyone else? And I think for mm -hmm. most people to build a six and seven figure business, the answer is no. Um, I'll give you a quick example. I have, I've had two clients over the years and the agency that I came out of, which is a multi-million dollar a year agency, all operates in a space where the total maximum number of potential clients for their programs is 10,000 people. That's awesome. Yeah, and they all serve the same audience. Sometimes they even share clients, right? Because you've got a marketing agency and a coach, right? So you've got two different seven-figure business and a multi-six-figure coaching consulting business that all operate in the same space of no more than 10,000 people. Like there just isn't that many people that can afford a thousand plus a month for group coaching or a marketing service. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that operate in markets like that and they think that, ne that they need to be on social media all the time and they need to jump on TikTok and that they're looking at all these success stories of, of ways to reach hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, to me, it's just the wrong way to go about it. The idea that you build up this following of hundreds of thousands of people and that automatically within that is a smaller group of people who will automatically buy something more expensive from you. I think that's proven to be false. Um, by all the people that you and I both know that have big followings that can't monetize it to save their life. Uh, and you yeah. don't realize that until you start having behind the scenes conversations with some of these folks. Uh, and now is a great, a great time. They're probably not doing very well either. Whereas yeah. both of our businesses, because we have, we're focused on the small valuable slice of our niche, both of our businesses are growing because we like our right people are ambitious in this time. They're not afraid. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting to me too is that um, that like you, you mentioned the numbers right like I, in my business right now we're looking at scaling from uh, we got our first three or four clients that so we've got like test clients going like I want to scale to 100 clients that's pretty much it mm -hmm. and the space probably has 10,000 people on it 100 clients would be a massively huge business for us yeah. um, like multi seven figure kind of business um, and and like this it wouldn't require a lot of fame to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So, um, and that's, that's a cool place to be in. But on the other side of that too, is you look at, um, you look at what you were talking about with, with being famous in a small room, right. Is like, I, I had this experience personally a couple of years ago, I was doing um, just sort of, what would you call them? Like free trainings for a, a Facebook group, right? Like I was like, I was just in, interacting in a group, maybe a couple thousand people in the group run by one of the marketers we would all recognize his name for. Um, and he put on a live event. And just because I was regularly in there talking to them and just giving good, good content when I showed up at the live event, everyone knew who I was. I, got, <laughs> I walked away from the client without, trying, without even trying with like three clients because I was, to your point, micro-famous. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> famous there, to the right um, group of small people. Yeah, and that kind of stuff happens all the time. Uh, I was hanging out with a client of mine um, I've kind of like occasionally co-hosted his podcast over the years because he's been with me that for that long. Um, he's in the real estate space and we showed up to an event where both of us were speaking uh, here a couple of years back. And 
literally like he and I would try to hang out like in between sessions and then we'd like, uh, we went out to dinner and stuff like that. We literally every time I turned my back uh, and we were in between sessions and stuff, he was mobbed, like surrounded by five to 10, 15 people that were all peppering him with questions. And then we did like dinner that night and ended up in like, uh, like the, like most of the rest of the people that were there for the event kept gradually ended up gathered around our table where he and I were talking with some people and people were peppering him with questions and gradually the rest of the group just clumped around his table. <laughs> um, and it's such a great example because people think that they're sharing good content, but what, what happens when you share the content, when you share it and you don't get that kind of a response, it might mean that your content isn't as good as you think, because when the people show up that have really amazing content, it's really deep, it's different, it's unique. They have a clear and compelling idea to share. Those people stand out and people flock to them. So the goal for me, would yeah. be, I, like I wanna be one of those people that has such great content that people flock because it's different, it stands out. Um, so to me, that's the goal. I'd rather have that kind of thing happen than go to the grocery store and have people go, oh, hey, that's that guy on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you said something a minute ago that I wanted to sort of pull back out because I think it's really important. You said when you have fame in that in your marketplace to the right people mm -hmm. that you'll also you you can get people when it's the right time for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's a vitally important thing that I think a lot of because like one of the spaces that I work a lot in for the last nine or 10 years has been selling like online courses and coaching and consulting stuff online. Mm -hmm. And most of the people I work with are, you know, they're, they're building the quote unquote sales funnel and they're running ads to the sales funnel. And then someone either buys or they don't buy. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they don't buy, they get forgotten. Right. Maybe they've got a week's worth of follow up. Maybe they have, you know, they're fancy and they have whole two months worth of follow up. And, you know, if they're really good, they got like six months worth of follow up. But either way, at some point, their follow up ends. Um, and, you know, it, that's assuming they captured data to actually follow up. Very few people actually do. Um, and the reality is something like 70 percent of the reason why someone doesn't buy is because now is not the right time. Right. It's not because they didn't have the problem. It's not because they're not interested in the solution. It's because it's not the right time. Maybe the pain's not good enough, great enough for them. Maybe, you know, they got distracted by a cat video on the side or maybe like me, their toddler came in and pulled on their leg and pulled them somewhere else. They got distracted. And they just didn't get back to it. Right. It's a timing yeah. thing most of the time. Right. And so if you can be the person who is showing up again and again and again and again and um, in in their space, Mm -hmm. um, with the good content and the clear and compelling reason in the message, eventually the time is going to be right for them yeah. and you're going to be the one they go to. Go to. Um, and yeah, exactly. I think that's a, that's a really important point. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better, better myself. So I'll just add that when you, are, when you are the one that's known for solving a particular problem, then that, that's what changes that to where it's just a timing issue, Right. Yeah. If you're if you're just one of many, then it's timing and are you the right person? And is your service right for me? But if you're the one mm -hmm. that's known for solving that particular problem, then it's done then those questions pretty much become answered already. They've already agreed, well, when I'm ready to solve this problem, Richard's my guy. Now it's just a matter of timing. Um, and and the bottom line is like when you when you think about how many people are are out there, we think because they have the problem, they should buy our solution right away. Uh, my background in real estate gives me a different perspective on it because I worked with a lot of people that built successful real estate teams and they went from working with referrals to buying online leads. When you do that, you're, you're 
lead closing time automatically jumps from like 30 to 60 days to 18 like months. two years yeah, yeah it's insane and and so many agents had a hard time wrapping their heads around it but the ones that the ones that got that they understood these are not people that are saying no these are people that i'm catching way way earlier in the funnel and i get a chance to build trust and destroy my competitors before they even get a chance to talk to these people this is the best opportunity that's ever existed and they change their whole model to education-based marketing and all of a sudden they don't have to make calls anymore so when i came into yeah. it i kind of i kind of came into it, that with that mentality that look people a lot of people if they meet you online if they didn't see you speak at an event or meet you at networking or something like that they're going to take time to incubate so you got to build the incubator and that's that's what microfamous is about is i think we have a unique opportunity to use things like podcasting to be an incubator for ideal clients so tell me a little bit about um what you like like tactically what you actually are encouraging your clients to do to become microfamous so four stages so number one get featured on podcasts as, a, as an expert guest, have something to, to say and something to share, right? So that's always stage one that I recommend. Stage two is to host your own, which you're doing, right? So you're, you're, you're already doing both. Uh, the, set, the third and fourth stages are micro content. First of all, micro content for social media. And then finally, micro content for sales. And that's one of those very, very overlooked areas. You hit the nail on the head, which is when people come into somebody's sales funnel, they often have a ridiculously little amount of follow-up. Um, and that's where like that kind of sales micro content that can, that can swing the difference between somebody signing up or not signing up is that fourth stage. But where does that micro content come from? And for me, it doesn't need to come from stuff that's created custom from scratch all the time. And that's what we've been taught to do for I would say ever since Gary Vee kind of exploded onto the scene and maybe even before that, we've been taught that like every day you wake up and you ask yourself, what am I gonna post on social media today to get more clients? And to me, that's not the right question to ask. The question to ask when you wake up in the morning is, what podcast interview do I have coming out this week and how can I leverage that and, and slice and dice that to get more clients? That's a much better question to ask. And then once you ask that and you solve that problem, then you get up in the morning with no questions because you already know what you're doing that week. And that's a much better place to be in. Yeah, yeah. Then you My, know what's coming out and I, I like you have the micro content lined up. I, I like I, I was just gonna say I've gotten to that point in my business where like I wake up in the morning and the question I ask myself is you know which kid do I want to go take out and play with this morning before you know before I get started for work right so exactly. like yesterday I went rollerblading with my son and <laughs> went rollerblading with my son and we stopped and went swimming in the lake before we got home right yeah. and you know spent a couple hours working because we've already got all that stuff lined up but yeah that's that's you know when you ask yourself better questions you get better answers um, yeah, it's, it's funny because I think that almost that exact quote kicks off the second part of the book. The, the second part of the book is about like how to build a new media machine in your business. And that's exactly what it comes down to. Um, better results come from better questions. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, too, because like you mentioned, the, the second part is getting interviewed on podcasts. And I've actually just recently we've started up uptaking our number of podcasts that we're getting interviewed on. Um, all the way to the point where like I even got myself, uh, um, I say got myself, my team got me. Um, <laughs> cause I didn't do a damn thing for it. Um, booked on a couple of local radio shows amidst the COVID crisis, because a lot of these radio shows that we couldn't show up to physically before are now doing virtual stuff, um, because of the crisis. So we're like, Hey, opportunity to get seen on shows that you wouldn't normally get seen on. Um, and to your point earlier, the ones who the, your clients who are really interested are putting their pedal to the metal right now. 
right? They're doing more, not doing less, yep. right? They're looking at opportunities and saying, hey, you know what? Local TV stations, local radio that you would normally have to show up in the studio for, now they don't have to. So we can reach out to them and say, hey, are you doing a virtual show? Can we get on, right? Yeah. And so like, I've got, I've got an interview like in- Once that damn breaks, it may never go back. Yeah, it may never go back, right? So like, I've got an interview for a local Washington um, radio show next week, right? That I never would have got to go on before, um, but yeah. I can now. Right. So stuff like that. Um, well, you and have. you would have just had to drive your like drive home to Washington. Way. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it would have been very expensive. The ROI would not be there um, no, would not. to uh, to get the whole coach there. Um, but it's things like that. Right. It's like it's yeah. like, how do you step up your game and do some of do some of that stuff? Um, yeah. And it's so all, and it's all virtuous, like it all works together. Um, you know, like the, the that like that combination of those four things, what I call the new media machine has worked wonders for me. Um, one of the, one of the, just the quick examples is I was just on a local radio show in San Diego, but it also is syndicated to a hundred plus radio stations. So their weekly reach, mm -hmm. like the weekly number of listeners they have is like 200,000 people. Well, how do wow. I book that? Well, because I, I connected with him through somebody else's podcast that I got pitched on. We had a great conversation. I asked the same question I ask at the end of every podcast, which is who can I introduce you to? He asked me the same question, I told him. He said, well, let me hook you up with this guy who's in San Diego, great. Next thing you know, I'm on that show. So like all those things reinforce each other and then he came on my show, right? So now we have, now we have a, a relationship where we've been on each other's shows, we know each other, we're in the same place. Um, and like I, that guy three months from now might send me a referral to one of his coach friends because we had yeah. two great 45 minute conversations as opposed to me having to go meet him at a, like a local networking event where we'd shake yeah. hands and, for five minutes and then move on. And it's, it's even better than just having a 45 minute conversation because you guys had a 45 minute conversation that you then shared out to your audience and got him benefit from. Exactly. Right. So like, like it was a, it was a conversation that benefited him from creating a relationship, but also got him exposure. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it, you, it's, it's such an interesting thing that you can do um, with that. And I've seen that happen in, in, with my podcast as well. Right. So like my podcast, one of the questions we ask at the end of every, uh, of our regular interviews is like, who, you know, you know, our hero challenge. Right. And you see people do that. And we always get recommended up to cool new people and seeing, seeing new stuff that's going on there. It's such a cool aspect of the process. Um, but one of the things that also that we've started doing recently that I think has been, it might be verging on genius, but I'm not sure it wasn't my idea. It was one of my team members ideas. Um, so I can't take I'll credit for it. That. You'll be the judge of that. Um, is, is, so, so there's a lot of YouTubers who have massive, massive audiences, um, but their content that they produce is not about business, right? It's about whatever the thing that they do is. Mm -hmm. um, but they have huge audiences and access to really cool um, introductions, like all over the place. They're connected well. Um, and so we, we've actually started reaching out to some of these podcasters. I call them podcasters, right? They're, you have YouTube shows or podcasts or whatever, and they have big audiences. One of them was a, 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 like a, a video game streamer, right? He does video game streaming, mm -hmm. uh, has some obtain millions of followers, um, you know, which is just insane to me. Um, because like it takes other shows years and years and years to get to millions of followers. And like, yeah, we started this show on video games and we got to 2 million followers in six months. Um, right. Yeah, it's the, the power of being in an exploding market. Yeah. Right. So we started interviewing them about like bringing some of them on to talk about not their regular content, which is video games, but like, what does the business look like behind running that type of a, a show? 
and like who are the people that are involved and like just sort of interviewing that kind of stuff and starting to get get introduced into bigger and bigger YouTube shows, they do the same kind of thing. They were like, hey, I got interviewed about the business behind our show and sharing it out to 2 million people. When you have an audience that big, your people are in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, right. So like just just as an example, like my my son and I watch a couple of YouTube channels on video games because that's the way I connect with him. Right. It's something that I do with my son. Um, and like he's interested in it. I don't particularly care. But I know their names because I'm watching them with my kids and I'm in the entrepreneur space. Right. So it's interesting. We're starting to see some cool stuff come out from from that space and but with like video gaming and makeup. And um, I didn't realize this, but it's like really insane. Like women are really into I'm going to forget the name of it because my wife does it like bullet journal planning stuff. And they do like plan with me sessions. And these ladies have millions of viewers, um, many of whom are you know running families or running businesses and things like that, who are using daily planners and drawings and other things and hand lettering and stuff. And we're starting to talk to YouTube channels um, to get to talk to their, you know, what does this business look like behind your YouTube channel for our show as a way to both grow reach and get really interesting guests on. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it just, it gives you some really cool opportunities for like, I, I would call it the new networking. Um, like this yeah. whole world of just being able to just like having a platform where you can reach out to people uh, and either book them on your show or having or having a platform to where you can pitch them to get onto their platform, either one and both. Like I, th I think people should always be doing both. It just opens you up to so many really cool opportunities. Um, through one of my clients, uh, I got the chance to meet uh, Rick Mulready, who has a big podcast in our space. So I'm going to be we're gonna, we're exchanging podcast appearances over the next month. And who knows where that might lead. But I'm getting exposed to a whole new audience, mostly because I was introduced virtually. And then I was on one of his friends podcasts, we exchanged, like I exchanged podcast appearances with a friend of his, and all that stuff just kind of like it, it catapults, it, it snowballs. Um, and, yeah. and that's going to lead to even more introductions to other people that like really interesting guests. And the thing about like having big, interesting guests onto your show is it builds, even if you share it with your audience that doesn't know who they are or doesn't pay attention to them necessarily, it still builds your credibility. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what's interesting. And then it like it, and then sharing, like if you get featured on somebody else's platform, it gives you an interesting place to like share with your audience that, Hey, like there's a sense of momentum behind you as a thought leader. Like you're growing, you're, you're expanding, right? People outside of your industry are starting to take notice of you. Even if you just share that with your core audience of a few thousand people that it like, it changes their perception of you. They get a sense of uh, there's momentum behind your growth and people want to be part of something that has yeah. momentum. Um, that was something that Chris Lockett talked That's, about in his book, play bigger. Like you want to create this, the feeling there's a sense of, of, of momentum behind you. That's one of the interesting things about the whole um, talking to some of the big YouTube channels that are in different spaces mm -hmm. um, is, is, you know, you, you mentioned a second ago talking about creating micro content um, for social media. And a lot of our micro content is coming from the interviews that we were doing that I'm doing in other places. Mm -hmm. um, and now, uh, but it's interesting because like the reason we can get onto those other platforms is because of our podcast, right? Because we, we're doing hosting our own podcast. So they like, they really go together where you have a podcast and you're getting interviewed on other podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, and we're getting seen in lots of different spaces, right? Um, and in different industries and getting to talk about like the things that we talk about, like, you know, branding and building online courses and building podcasts and, you know, and, you know, to use your term micro famous, right? Becoming micro famous, that kind of stuff. Um, 
is it's really fascinating to see that happen. Um, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about timing, right? Because, and this is just something that like, I know I struggle with telling my clients how this works, but I, I like, I've seen it for myself and I see it happen for them. And I know you probably end up with these questions a lot, but it goes, you know, I, I think a lot of people think to themselves, I'm going to start a podcast today and tomorrow I'll be famous, right? Obviously that's a, you know, that's an exaggeration, but the mentality is there. Um, and I know personally, I coach all of my clients that like, you need to consistently build for like a year. And like, even if it takes less time than that to actually start gaining fame, like you need to have that in your mindset that you should be doing this at least that long. What do you, what are sort of your recommendations or thoughts on how people should think about timing when it relates to making yourself micro famous in a space? Well, I think 18 months is a good benchmark. I think it can happen sooner, but you have to have a, you have to have the right, clear and compelling idea for the market that you're going after. But I do think there is generally a, a sense at around 18 months that there's a, there's a sense of momentum behind you. You're committed. You've been producing content. You're credible. You've probably been featured in other places in that space. And so people, even if you came literally out of nowhere, by the time you hit 18 months, people are going like, okay, this person's established, right? They're, they're now a member of the space. Now, if you, if you have a clear and compelling idea that you put into the market, you can start getting sales right away. One of the things that I tell my mm -hmm. clients when they come on, um, you know, when they, when they start a podcast, like even before they start getting tons of downloads, I'll tell them that like based on experience, one of the very first things that starts to happen is that the tone of your sales calls changes, right? And, and if it's the client that takes their, their own sales calls, still they'll know this. Otherwise, it's their, it's their sales people and they need to track this. But what happens is people start showing up to those sales calls with less of a, I'm here and you better persuade me to sign up. And they start showing up with more of a, hey, let's see if we're a good fit to work together. I think the timing might be good. And then that even starts to flip to them trying to convince you to take them on as a client, right? If you have the yeah. right content it's and you hammer that clear and compelling idea home to the market over and over and over again and to the right people, even though you may not have a ton of downloads and publicity yet, but to the right people, you're known for that one thing that solves a big valuable problem in their life, right? That starts to change. <laughs> your sales calls way before you even see like the public accolades that start to come later. Um, but I can tell you from experience, like I, in the real estate space, I came out of nowhere, me and my co-host, and I was looking back on it the other day in my email, cause I was kind of putting a list of some of the events that I'd spoken at. We launched, we launched our show in January of like 2015. We didn't even turn it into a podcast for three months after that. We were doing a sold out standing room only breakout session at an event across on the other side of the country less than 18 months later so it can yeah, happen yeah. you know but along the way we got all kinds yeah, of really other cool opportunities that that was just that was just the very first you know big spike that i remember that really drove that point home one of the things that's uh, really interesting is uh like so I, i've seen the same thing happen um in in all of the business ventures that i'm involved in as a result of doing our podcast is that we're, mm -hmm. we're like everything is growing because people recognize me more um and even like to the point of like when um when we reach out to like we reached out to the local um the the local radio station a couple of weeks ago about getting on their show they were like oh my gosh you're the you're like we looked into you and your show on the hero show is super cool we would be so excited to have you on our show kind of thing and you're like that is not the response i was expecting and a year and a half ago we wouldn't have got that response right right 
<laughs> yeah, that's the power um, of, of but, just putting content out there that just makes you look credible. It's not necessarily, yeah, right? yeah, so, I think we're just past the days where it's essential to have a huge audience. It's more important yeah, to have like, the right message. We don't, we don't have a huge audience at this point. It's like, like I, I, I don't want to put numbers on it at this point because I don't exactly know where we're at right now. I'd have to go look at the stats, but yeah. uh, it's not huge. But we've consistently been putting out content every single week and occasionally, like we had a, a, a stretch last year where we did uh, twice a week for a couple of months and we're doing it again now for, uh, for the, the, the crisis. Um, we've got like 100 episodes in a year, year and a half, um, a little less than a year and a half. Um, and when someone looks me up now, they're like overwhelmed with like all of the people that I've talked to. <laughs> right on on both sides and they're like they're like i i would i would love to have you on our show um and the other thing that we're starting to see too is like now that i have both interviewed and been interviewed by it's really easy to put together um i, I don't know what the official industry term for it is i'm gonna call it a sizzle reel right a sizzle reel of like your skills as an interviewer or your skills as an interviewee and to show someone be like hey this is actually what it's like to have me on your show or to have me interview you um and it's really, really easy to get someone to say yes now, even more so than it was when we first started, right? Because when you start a show and you, as soon as you start, you ask someone to come on your show, they're like, yeah, I'd love exposure, even if it's min you know, minor. But right. when they find out that, hey, you're a fantastic interviewer, now it's not just like, you're gonna, you can make me look good, right? right? So there's yeah. more benefits. Um, yeah, and, so and that's, that's it gets easier. One of those things that snowballs over time. Yeah, it gets easier. The as you start to get interviewed more, you'll start to get more introductions, and you'll you have to pitch yourself less because you have people coming to you asking if they can interview you. That same thing happens if you just host your podcast over a longer period of time. You start like the opportunities just start to materialize, um, especially if you're really really clear about what your what your clear and compelling idea is, and you start to become known for that thing. Um, yeah. like Perry Marshall with Facebook ads and, and Google ads back in the day, right? Perry Marshall got huge for Google ads. So if you were putting together an event or a summit or any kind of thing, and you wanted somebody to talk about Google ads, like Perry Marshall's name was like right at the top of that list. So guess who gets the cream of the crop of all the opportunities, all the affiliates, all the joint ventures, right? Guess who gets most of the best clients in that field? It's the person who's at the top of that heap. Uh, and I think we, we, we need to start paying attention because our, our prospects are, we need to start paying attention to where we kind of sit in the pecking order of our niche. And you may want to start carving out your own niche that you can sit at the top of that pecking order uh, rather than trying to dethrone somebody else. Uh, there's all kinds of strategic ways to do it, which we talk about in the book, um, because the bottom line is people are going to put you into a mental bucket. The question is, are you choosing the bucket they're putting into are you allowing yourself to get thrown into a bucket with a bunch of other people so you become a commodity? Absolutely. So um, I sort of want to finish up here and ask a little bit about your book. Mm -hmm. Where can people find it? And, um, you know, what, what kind of stuff do you cover in the book a little bit? And, and you know, what can people expect from, you know, from actually going through that and following, following the, uh, the steps and actually doing it? Um, from that. So just sort of give me a rundown of what Microfamous is. I know you got a Facebook community if you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, just, I think it's really important. I think a lot of our audience would really enjoy being a part of that community. Um, so, so 
pitch it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start with the book first and I'll get to the community. Okay. So the book, basically it's a, uh, it's not just theoretical. It goes for, it lays out a roadmap, a strategic roadmap for how to actually become micro famous, including just the practical stuff that we talked about of podcasting and even at the tactical level, right? So very, very practical handbook type of thing. So we talk about how to uncover your clear and compelling idea, how to craft a compelling point of view, um, you know, what the three stages of influence are and how to hit that tipping point of influence to where you become known for your clear and compelling idea. We talk about all of that, you know, how to specialize, how to create an incubator for ideal clients, uh, how to build systems that take care of most of that for you behind the scenes, even down to how do you hire someone in your business that can be like a new media assistant that like you and I and I both have this in our business where you and I are not doing any of the behind the scenes work of our podcast or pitching ourselves. Right. And so the book actually takes them through how to even uh, bring that person into your business. So it goes through all of that from start to finish. Super easy to read, um, has, you know, illustrations for the key points and stuff. Like I wanted to, uh, I wanted the book to be able to be picked up and dip into any chapter and be read and give you something to take away. So you can, you can literally, you can read it covered, you know, cover to cover, or you can just pull out a chapter at a time, whichever is helpful. Um, so obviously you can get it on Amazon, uh, but you can also just get it for free plus shipping at microfamousbook.com. So that's where I cover the cost of the book. You cover the cost of the shipping. Uh, I don't make a dime on anything. So we just get the book into people's hands from there. Um, audiobook is coming this year. Uh, that's a lot of recording. So we'll get to that eventually. Um, are you recording then, uh, that yourself or are you, if you I, hire yeah, someone? I'm going to read it myself. Um, yeah, nice. so one, one of my guys in the agency, he's the, he's our, you have a soothing voice. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know if people want to hear eight hours of it, but yeah, why not? Um, and then the community. So if you go to microfamousgroup.com, that's our Facebook community for like-minded people that all have that same common goal of becoming microfamous. And it's a great place to jump in and bounce around ideas for, your courses, your programs, your coaching, consulting, training, speaking engagements, if you want help with naming things, if you want help promoting things, if you're looking for advice from other people that are in the trenches doing the same things that you're doing, teaching, training, leading people, that's really what that's for. I use it myself for, for like almost like a laboratory. So I, like, I'm in there asking questions, getting opinions from other people, uh, helping other people get, get their questions answered. So it's just a really good community of like-minded people that all have the goal to be famously influential to the right people. Awesome. So Matt, thank you so much for coming back on the show um, and getting talking tactics with me about what it is that you guys do and helping people become micro famous. It's been um, really fascinating to sort of hear your perspective on this. Um, so I look forward to, I actually have a copy of your book that I haven't yet read. So I need to actually get in there and read the book myself. Um, so, so, so next time we talk, kick me in the butt, make sure I actually read it. Um, you know, I'll, I need to need to get that down, but, um, well, again, thank you, you so much. read it right now, but we already agree on everything. So you're probably all, yeah, all yeah, yeah. So it. we're, <laughs> it would just be, it would just be a, a, a rehash of the stuff that you and I have talked about offline, probably a That's lot. Right. Well, um, all of our conversations, or mutual admiration society meetings anyway. So what is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so just like always on the last part of our show, um, I want to just, you know, one final question. Do you have any sort of like yeah. final bits of wisdom for our audience before we hit that stop record button and say goodbye for, uh, for these special mm. tactical episodes? Yes, I do. And it feeds directly into what you are really good at and what people should hire you for. Uh, the last chapter of the strategic section of the book is called Choose Tomorrow Over Today. 
Because if there's anything I've realized about the most successful clients I've worked with and all the guys that I really respect and the, and the, the men and women who have built really rock solid, dependable six and seven figure businesses, they're all really good at building something for tomorrow rather than always operating in what's easy to do today. And systems are a big part of that. So Richard, you help people with, with that type of that end of things. I run an extremely systematic agency business for that same reason. All the people that I know that run six and seven figure businesses that don't overwhelm their lives and they have great family lives and they go home for dinner every night, they all run very systematic businesses because every day they choose to do something that works for tomorrow and not just for today. Awesome. That is a wonderful piece of advice. And I could say I completely agree, but you mentioned that before you started. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks,